When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want to do this? You want to do this? Oh, I want to do this. Bo Rude, Nick Ball, we're back, baby. No wine pod today, but it's a pod. It's a different kind of liquid. We're not doing coffee. We do have bubblies if we feel inclined, but you you suggested tea? I'm feeling like a badass, Nick. A tea, badass. Tea is like the... I don't know what to... So we have green tea. I don't even know how to like... What do you do? Is there anything you got to do? Tea does seem conversational. Hot, hot liquid feeling like a badass gotta get the green tea so uh, is, what do you do you just you just bobber just, just the old-fashioned bobber and then it's ready take, to go you're supposed to take the thing out oh, the eventually. whole eventually yeah you're supposed to let, let it look steep at the, look. and get then you it, take it out okay right where do we put it i don't know we'll just put it on the table and clean it later is that can't in the words of you Homer. Can, can, in the words, no. In the words of Homer, when he ran for sanitation department, can't, can't someone else do it? <laughs> what a great thing! Okay, okay. Well, let's so there's filthy animals. Okay, let's filthy hope, animals. Let's let's vote the sanitation department can come clean it up. Okay, here we go. We're gonna drink green tea. The garbage man can. <laughs> okay, here it is. Not really super flavorful, but. No, that's good though. Ooh, it's a little after dinner. It does kind of make me. It does. Yeah. We we need it. We needed something that more. Con- you drink like some bubbly. It's great. I'm obsessed, but it's not conversational. That's right. It's not conversational. Right. So here we go. Shouts out to Go Currency for making this pod possible. I'll tell you more about them uh, as this pod progresses. We got a lot of things to get into today. I am fresh. Out- I'm that guy that I went into the gift shop. I got an. I, I was in the, Arizona your, with my at wife. The airport. Tell me, it's not no, the airport. No, no, no. Thank this you. was at Thank the you. hotel. I Better. went into the gift shop and Better. got a. Because this has become like Arizona in October before basketball season starts. Like my wife and I, we started thinking about it, and it's like we've come here like five or six times. Like that. How much? How many times do you have to do spot. something before it's like that's it? You that's were what there we do. two years ago. I would have said to you, your spots, Phoenix, Arizona. Like you're like you don't even think yes. if you and Kim have a chance, you're going there. there. And and that's probably the smart move as you get older to get staples. You know why? New things take research, time, effort. <laughs> yes. Sometimes you just want to hit the button. Vacation. Right. Easy button. Let's go. We know what we're getting. Direct flight, Omaha, Phoenix. We know where we're going. You know what you're getting. We know we're gonna eat. We yeah. have it all down to a science. And I think one of the things, and we'll get into football here, people. What about tea? What about tea and vacations and shirts and gift shops? Being That's what I want to know. But being a badass. Being a badass. I, adulting, being an adult is, is challenging in like finding time like that, like finding staples. One of the best things I ever heard was someone's like, once you give something up, it's really hard to get it back. Yeah. So you got to like have these like staples, these traditions that you do. And it's important, even like when you start to have kids, like finding time to reconnect with your wife, finding time to relax without your kids, to get away. Like all those things are 
necessary, but they get hard because like kids having kids is like it can be an excuse, but also a real hurdle in staying social and doing things. They take up a lot of time. It's hard. It's hard to do. And then you get free time. You want to just do nothing because it, but that, but see that let's go back to the, the staple. Like I think it's hard sometimes to commit to a staple, but it's a great move because now right. like when you get your chance, it simplifies your, you can just do it. It's like, it's an easier trip to plan and execute because you don't have to think it. So like, if you guys get a window, right. No questions asked. We take it. We're going to Phoenix. Yes, it, it is, though. Like when you have kids, though, you can understand how some people fall. I remember when I didn't have kids and I looked at people that had kids and they didn't do anything. And I used to be like, man, what? That's so lame. And now that you when you have kids, you realize like how easy it is to to fall into that. It can be real easy to. It used to kill us to go one weekend without going out and doing something. You blink and like months go by without being social with your friends. Well, time time speeds up is one. It really just feels like it goes faster. But yeah, it's weird. Like when you, you're saying when, like when you're in high school, college, let's say you have two or three days to go out and have fun. To miss one of the three sounds right. like you were lame this weekend. That's yes. how we used to say it. It used to hurt. If you stayed in a Saturday, you got, we would send, we called them missiles. Oh, yeah. You'd send these texts out to all the, you know, the guy the that guys stayed that, in. The one guy that didn't stay. Just, yeah, when, it was like, we're having so much fun or you're lame. Right. One of the two. And you woke up to these, you're like, this is, you just shut your phone off. One of the, but one of the, one of the nice things about this podcast is, one of my favorite things about it is like the fact that it is it has created a built-in way for you and I to spend time together. Which is it was funny. I did an interview. There was this uh UNL student who reached out to me. She was doing a paper in one of her like journalism classes and she she wanted to do a paper on me. So she got in touch with me and she was asking about the pod yes. and she was and she asked me, like, what's your favorite thing about the podcast? And I was like, I think it's Bo. I go, I go, I think, I think two things. I think it's that I felt like the world's been able to get to know you better. Yeah. Cause you just weren't on the radio show as much. It's just harder with radio. And then the fact that like, if it, it just, it's a built in time for us to spend time together. That's, I mean, that was my whole thought process behind it. It was, I mean, this was 2019. And I was like, so you, if we can figure out a way to do the thing that we're going to do anyway and make it sort of like a job in right. a way. Like that's the that's the biggest it's win, a win in the win, world, dog. and so yeah. this is kind of what it's turned into is like twice a week now. We get right, twice, twice the twice now. thing. You know what's uh, funny is initially I think we both were worried like we can't let our only time we spend time together be when we're podcasting. I, I like I still think that's important, but you also get to where you're like I'll take what I can get. Take it. I will take. take it. I'll take what well, I can get. And now we're getting more than we'd normally get. We're right. Getting twice a week. Oh, it's amazing. It is amazing. So we um, work. We work in our before and after the pod time too. Yeah, which is like extra. Like we we we've, we've gotten tighter with that though. Yeah, I mean, we've we were like that up. Four, oh, four hours of talking before. We I think I don't know if Courtney, talking. your wife, gave you a talk. Kim gave me a talk. It's like you guys gotta like. They were on Dave this. Chappelle, wrap it up box. Like you guys got to get this going here. So on. I was in Arizona real quick with Arizona. Uh, my wife and I, the biggest thing that happened to this, we said we have like our things we do. We wandered up to, we've never gone up to like the spa area that has its own private pool, all that stuff. Mm. We went there two of the three days. 
Your boy got a Manny and a Petty. Whoa. You going to judge your boy? Are you going to judge your boy? Are you going to judge your boy that you got a Manny and a Petty? Hold up. Hold up. Hold up, dog. <laughs> I had to, you had to get a service. You had to get a service to have access to this, like, amazing pool. Yeah. And I didn't, they were like, Jeff will give you a massage. I was like, I'm cool on Jeff giving me a massage. Yeah. Or, or, or like a facial. They're like, we don't want you being in the sun after the facial. I was like, well, then no. And I said, just petty and manny me up. So, yeah, you, I mean, I'm like, you can't really tell. Like, I'm kind of glistening it. I got a little shine on that thing. That nail polish? No, no. they buffed them. They buffed them. Have okay. you ever got a manny or a petty? You're a spa guy, kind of. Uh, I've done the foot. That's the petty. Petty. Yeah. I did that. Me and so funny because my brother just called when we were down here. But like <laughs> we went and did that when we were together in at Tampa, Tampa for fall camp. We went down together like because your feet become like. Right. You're, no, you're, if I was an athlete, oh, I would I would get regular petty. I should have done that throughout college because your feet get just destroyed. You're in the. In the summer and fall camp, you're you know you sweat through your shoes like bubbles through, and you're just like your oh, toes horrible. get torn up, right? But like they just they massage your feet, they, right? They clean it all up, they get the man. calluses off, they get the calluses. I mean, I was basically like Lloyd Christmas when they yeah. were like, <laughs> it was, but no, I was, I was thinking if because I used to have, I don't know if they help with like blisters and stuff like that, like I, sure, I, but because basketball, I used to get bad blisters Basketball's and all those things, like too. I I wish I would have had like semi regular pedicures. It's the starting and stopping, right? With like with anything like plyometric, like oh. your toe, your big toe, just and get you're crushed. Just, oh god, yeah. just get crushed. The nails get just good. Oh, but yeah. So just wanted to be real in in the spirit of honesty. We're being badasses in a lot That's of ways. It. Yes, we today. are. I got. Yes, we you. are. Yes, we are. Kind of man. <laughs> but I I mean the spa was fantastic. Okay. Uh, song. You ready to do the song? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll song it up. And then I got a bunch of I had like two straight two straight days just sitting by the pool and thinking. And so I've got a lot of thoughts on my brain from uh from I always do it. It's this one, right? That's the one. Yeah, okay. We gotta turn up. It will, I know, we gotta I know. Well, you know, when you listen back, you're like, damn, turn that shit up, Doc. All right, do okay. you have any sort of lead-in, or are you just going to play Well, it? I think, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I, I kind of don't, I, a lot of build-up drops, and I think as it's building up, we'll, I'll explain. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. The day to get us rolling before for this. I'm ready. Okay, let's do it. It is Halloween. Yeah. Oh, it is Halloween. Yeah. Back in this. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom says hi. Jinx. Oh. Best Halloween ever. So, for people that don't know, Andy Samberg, Justin Timberlake, Lady Gaga, The Golden Rule, an SNL digital short. We'll let we'll let him talk here. Summertime in the city, and everybody's having sex. You know, I just got a page from a girl that I met last week. Got a pay less. I also have a cutie to call who likes the way I knock on her boots. <laughs> 
people have got to be confused. So what people need to know, roll up to a crib with some bottles and jank. How about the bus with the Alize? Now hold on, player, what you diggity doing here? You the same. Oh, boy, you, so, I don't want to talk over it, but it's so good. Well, she forgot about the golden rule. It's okay when it's in a three-way. It's not gay when it's in a three. <laughs> the area is gray in a one, two, three. Normally, I don't get down with dudes. <laughs> okay. To okay. my best friend, did they get that? Okay, so this this would have been, I mean, gosh, almost ten years ago ish, maybe. 2011. 11. Okay, yeah. so we're, we're we're over a decade. We went as the Golden Rule. Oh you were God. Justin Timberlake. I was Andy Samberg, and my my wife, I guess, was my girlfriend at the time, dressed up as Lady Gaga. We nailed the outfits based from the oh video from SNL. It's okay. And we went out. We have, we'll have to post some pictures. I think you got you to gotta post the video, the, the YouTube video yes, of this, of this song, because it's all about the video. All about the video. Oh, man, that was fun. It was my, it was, I mean, so I were pinstrap beards. I went to the Nebraska because we went to a party on Friday night, and then there was a Nebraska home game, and we knew we wanted to go out again on Saturday, so I had to keep my chin, my terror. Like oh, you're the real one, and I had the fake one. Yeah. I read a fake. And the fake was even better. <laughs> but you know, it's you've had fun when you wear a costume with no plans to wear it the next night, and you had so much fun in yeah, it, we it that again. we said, "Let's go out the next night again in it." That's how much fun we had the first night in that. We costume. and I got to tell you, we got to hand it to I, the Kim. My wife made like she nailed the Gaga outfit. Yeah, it was she. Like she looked great in it. She was. She got all. She got a jean jacket, like stitched it on. It was incredible. But these photo, the photos, and the and us, and we went out to like downtown Lincoln. People knew when we all stood together. They knew immediately what it was. So, so crazy side story. I don't know if you know this. We were out having too much fun, right? I didn't meet my wife this night. Okay. Okay. Um. But I met all of her friends in that costume and took a picture with all of them. Shut like up. Like randomly, really? just like we were just met him, had fun, took a picture with all of them. That was the reason I met her later was that costume. In because a really she, weird way. Because she saw. Because that, all of her friends that she was with when we met her. God. That it. was the night I met them. Oh, wow. It's a really weird. I never saw him again in between. I just saw him then. Two years later, I saw them all with my wife named this wow. night I met my wife and it was so like a since. little a little seed was planted that because of, because of the golden, the golden rule. rule. My favorite Halloween costume of all time. Yes. Easy. We went as, as little kids, we went as coneheads like multiple years in a row. Coneheads. It was easy to do. Uh, but this was the best one. I figured with Halloween coming up, I was like, you know, what's on? Do I want to? We got to go with that's the golden. Great, that's a great that, yeah. Halloween because yes. yeah, it is the week. I mean, my I don't know about your neighborhood, but uh, my neighborhood's really into Halloween this oh, year. Oh yeah, like got a little older neighborhood, so mine's a little less cracking like eggshells. But we've got here's the thing about my neighborhood that's unique that I've never seen before. They have all these like giant skeletons, like the ones that are like like 12, blow up joints, 12, 15 foot tall, just like 
like oh okay skeletons yeah like big ones big werewolves like these really tall so that's like the new thing is really yeah these giant like uh my, my kids love that stuff yeah, yeah I mean, you so, walk around it's amazing so the neighborhoods really turn out pretty good i did i did get you know so i went and the last couple of years we go and trick-or-treat with my brother's kids so we go into a different neighborhood and so we leave out candy but we have one of those like ring camps so like you can see i get wildly offended when kid like you know it's take one yeah like these little like punk 12 year olds come and they like dump the whole thing i know but you know what it is were we i don't know were we that were we, those we were kids? close to punk i feel like you were close to you I were close to no a punk but i was a bit of a punk no i think when you're 12 when you're with your buddies it's like impossible and they to take leave, one if it's a take one and you're with a group of guys there is a chance <laughs> a really good chance of that group somebody's showing dumping. up Somebody's showing up. Yeah, it's sure, not yeah. even about actually like I want to, it's more about the look defiance. At how, it's the defiance. Look at how yeah. wild we are. Right, look, right. That's what it's, it's about. A badge of honor. Like, check it out. You know, don't even care. Dumb take people. Dad, I'm going to take every Nestle Crunch. But they did that. And I just was like, you know, man, I mean, it's part of getting older. So like, I guess. But that was like, that's I, stupid, I'm that but, guy. It's like, hold up, pull up the footage in our ring cam. And what are these <laughs> damn kids doing with our stuff here? Well, you're, you're, you're yelling at cars of your neighborhood. Yeah, they're going too fast. I mean, you were Jesus, eight, you're, I need, you're I gotta, aging before my eyes. I'm going to a spa, <laughs> Manny Petty. We're drinking tea. I'm talking about. I'm mad at kids. I'm mad at kids taking too much, too many pieces of candy. I mean, think ridiculous. About what you're oh my god, it's not good at all. We're uh, badasses. <laughs> we're, we're real badasses. Okay. Um, the Dick Bot Podcast is powered by Peerless Energy Systems. You may hear a name like Peerless and think, man, that's an interesting name. Well, let me elaborate here. If you're the owner, Ed McMorrow was watching the 1998 Orange Bowl, Nebraska, Tennessee. And Peerless Price was a wide receiver for the Tennessee Volunteers. And he was asked about his name on the sidelines. And he said it meant, quote, without equal. So that model stuck with Ed. And when the company was launched in 1999, just a year later, he wanted to create a company that was without equal in the industry. So Peerless Energy Systems was born. Peerless is the Solaire authorized distributor for Nebraska and Iowa. They go to market via local distributors and make some of the best air compressors and ancillary compressed air equipment in the industry. Peerless has three core values. Reliable, dedicated, responsive. And that's exactly what you get when you get Peerless Energy Systems on your team. They are locally owned and operated. They have certified compressed air auditors on staff. They have a large local dedicated rental department and 24-hour emergency response for service parts and rental equipment. Pretty good right there. So if you're in manufacturing, food processing, utilities, transportation, refineries, maybe you work in a body shop, car dealer, automotive, countertop makers, I could go on and on, but you get the point. For any air compressor needs, Peerless Energy Systems has you covered. Go to peerlessenergy.com. That's peerlessenergy.com. Can I can I can you be my therapist? Because I was struggling with some stuff over the over the weekend with Mickey. Yeah. And this current situation for Nebraska. So by week, we are now it is it is on and popping, baby. Yeah. We got Illinois, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, and it is finito at that point. Yeah. Here's what I'm struggling with. I don't want to discount what happens in games because at the end of the day, like if we're not going to take into consideration what happens in games, wins or losses, then what are we even doing? Yeah. 
But a part of me is uncomfortable with this idea that if boy, if Mickey wins three more games down the stretch, he's got to get the job. Or even like, you know, Matt Campbell, he's struggling this year, so he can't get the Nebraska job now. Or Lance Leipold, he's lost three games in a row, so he's he can't get he, he the job can't go to go to him now, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And like we got to be able to rise above and see the big picture of this thing. And I wrote this down and it and sip then touched on something. Trev, and we've already talked about this, but I want to expand on it. Trev has to trust his gut and his judgment and not be a prisoner of the moment for Mickey or any other candidates. Like if you really, if you want Mickey and think Mickey is the right guy, then does it really matter if he wins two or three more games? Which brings me to what Sip wrote. Sip wrote this, I think it was two days ago. He wrote, quote, if Joseph pushes Nebraska to six wins overall, it may be difficult for Alberts to hire anyone else. Such would be the energy and emotion in the fan base. If Joseph pushes Nebraska to even five wins, he should still be prominent in the conversation. Are you as uncomfortable? Are you uncomfortable with kind of this whole idea of like, he gets to six wins, he's got to get the job. Or even if he does, like if he doesn't win another game, you can't give it to him. I don't think it has to be cut and dry numbers. Like it doesn't have to be this many wins necessarily. Um, this is such a unique situation. It really, you know is. what I mean? Like this, the more you think about it, you go, it's such a once in a hundred years thing for us. Where like we have an interim coach that is like before our eyes, like, like the, the thought of Mickey becoming the head coach one week before he got the job, never crossed people's minds. Not one time, nobody. And then he gets the job and he didn't even win his first game, but just the, like the idea of him started like growing from there. I did real quick. And I'll let you, I didn't think when we watched Trev's press conference, when he fired Frost and he announced Mickey as interim head coach, it didn't even, even at that moment, I didn't necessarily even allow myself to go. I wonder if Mickey's got a shot at this thing. I, I'll be honest. I don't, I think I kind of dismissed it from yeah. the jump, but it's growing and growing and growing. Yeah, I think, I think the, the part that is that you can never tell is what what is the collective Nebraska fan base? How are they going to react? Right? right. And we've had a few different coaches and we've had a few different reactions. I think it's almost surprising the degree of support Mickey Joseph has gotten immediately and almost like with conviction. Yes. In his first four or five weeks on the job. I mean, he's won two games and he's lost two games but the conviction feels like it's moving in a direction that is like i don't know that any of us could expect that you that's what i'm struggling with is like whoa the nebraska fan base's conviction is the part that is moving the needle more than anything yes i totally agree with that i didn't anticipate that and then i also didn't anticipate i usually think in my in my brain how my brain works i think i usually kind of think oh as time passes i'll get i'll get my head around it on how I feel about something or how I view view this situation. I've had over a month to sit and digest this and think about this. And I, and it's, I don't know if I have any more clarity on it. And so I was thinking about it, like 
Mickey's advantage, when you think about this situation, Mickey's advantage is he actually is here sitting in the head coach chair. He gets to be the like yeah. be behind the podium. He's the he it, yeah, it's interim, but he is the head coach for the time being. So you get to like seeing is believing for people. So yeah. just that visual of seeing him makes it more real for people, obviously. But then Mickey's disadvantage is that he has no has no experience as a head coach will get that will get used against him but in a weird way sometimes his lack of head coaching track record is almost an advantage for him in people's minds because he has no blemishes or failures on running a program it's almost like a like the politician who's not, not a politician. Like, I've never been a politician before. And they go, well, so you can't hold that against You can't him. say, like, you voted on the bill of 1994. You yeah. voted for it. You got no. You didn't get anything done between the years 1997 yeah, and 2014. Great. What were you doing then? Right. 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 No, that, that's it. When you. When you're not you, part of the system or you're not part. Like, right. That's a whole. Or you just have yeah. no track record, good or bad. You have no resume to go off of. And so then, it's almost yeah. like it was like what we talked about. We talked about this before, a bunch of different things. I've taken it to the nasty place, but like how, why the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy on the team? Because it's the element of the unknown. Now, what did you, where did you take it? I went, to, I went to phone sex. <laughs> I, went, I went, well, it started with my sunglasses theory. My sunglasses theory I gave to people all the time was every two guys, every woman in their car with sunglasses oh, on. Truth, like, hey, Bill. Oh boy, I was at 27. You'll call, me, you'll call me for that one. Saw someone amazing in a Toyota Corolla. But because we fill in that unknown gap with the best case scenario, yeah. right? So, and that's why phone sex works. Because you're just, you're like, hey, big boy. You're like, oh, God, this girl's probably amazing, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. like, I wonder where she's Oh, at, man, man, this is great. And she's probably <laughs> eating, like, Kentucky Fried Chicken and stuff, you know? Yeah, uh, 580 pounds, pounds but it's terrible. But, but, it, but you fill in that unknown with the best case scenario. And I think some, so... I think there are some fans that are doing that. So they're looking at a Matt Campbell and they're going, he's lost three games or four games. They're looking at a landslide pulled. He's, he didn't even go to a bowl at Kansas. They didn't go to a bowl game. Are they going to get to a bowl game this year? Like, and so you have that, you know that, but with Mickey, there's this element of the unknown. But he's also kind of getting to check the box of like getting experience in real time. But here, okay, he, here's the other half. I know, but here's the thing. Right now, Mickey Joseph is living in a world where everything that goes right is because of Mickey, and anything that goes wrong, we well, can't blame Mickey. Yeah, he's a, he, and so, and I think it's when I wrote that down. I wrote that down sitting. At the pool at Arizona. I think that is the heart of the challenge for me. Yeah. That what I just said, like for me, how do you just like if this weekend, if Nebraska goes out and loses 52 to 14, I don't think I'm going to blame Mickey. And when that's the case, when that is the school of thought, then the whole process is kind of flawed, right? Okay, so that's sort of, or is that not? Am I, am I sort of too far? No, because that was Scott Frost's first year to two years, right? Where it's like, if he got, if we looked good, it's because of him. If we looked bad, it's because what the Riley, guy did before Riley's fault, right? So I think that's part of when you get to take over the reins, right? Any good changes on you? Any 
cons- uh, continuous bad things is on the previous regime. Yeah, like it's because you can't really tell, right? So right, I, I that's it's such a this is a hard one because I I think there's so much to like about Mickey, um, and I, this is the other part. I think the obvious other coaching candidate hasn't emerged up. like right i mean i'm not holding it totally against matt campbell or lance leipold that they've lost a bunch of games this year i mean lance three in a row and campbell's Fighting lost a bunch of close four, one but he's lost i want to say he's lost his last four games by 14 oh, total I mean, points they or had something texas like that. beat basically right. and had a i mean they're playing good football but uh and then, because, and then Leipold lost his quarterback, but continue. Yeah. Leipold lost his stud quarterback. But because they're losing, it's that's playing right into uh, the Mickey Joseph narrative. It's like, it's not obvious. I mean, if Lance Leipold is undefeated, it's obvious. It becomes way more obvious. If he beats Oklahoma and he beats, you know, Iowa State, yep. and like, they go, this guy's winning everything at Kansas. All of a sudden, it's like, it gets really hard to not put him as the top guy or something, but like it's just when nothing is like rising above the other, it feels like it's playing into Mickey's hands. It, it totally, yes. You better believe, and I don't know if he's doing this, but like if Mickey, when he gets back to his office after a game, he pulls out his phone and he's like, checks the score app and he checks the Kansas score and the Iowa state score yeah. and all this stuff. I and mean, he goes, yes. Cause Another, the more yeah. they lose, the better it is for him probably because of what you're getting at. But even everything I said where it's like, if Mickey wins three more games, does that automatically give him the job? And I say that even for in the opposite way for like, if you really like, if Trev really likes Matt Campbell, just because he has lost four games in a row and is it, things aren't going well in the moment. Should that would like, is that enough to dismiss the totality of his resume? No, I think it it makes Trev's job so much harder. Right, it's, it, it makes Trev's decision more scrutinized. So if Mickey does well and Matt Campbell does not as well right now, and Matt Campbell's his guy, and he chooses Matt Campbell, and Mickey's done really well, the heat's on him then. Right? Yeah. Exa- yeah. Like if, let's know? say let's say Matt Campbell goes six and six, or or both teams win five games. Nebraska goes five and seven. Iowa State wins five and seven, and they hire my, Matt Campbell. Like, if you don't keep Mickey, if you can't keep Mickey as well, right? Like if People, you can keep Mickey with anybody, I think Trev wins, right? Because look, we, we're keeping Mickey. He can re- like his recruiting and presence is in, is a great asset to Nebraska right now. Um. So I think that's like a, that's the the part of it that's, that's sort of like maybe secondary to the first narrative. But like, can you just keep him anyway? Well, okay. So then, so you you, it's like we're the same. Like you read in you this into my second thing. This is Tom Chattel's column yesterday. Here's the headline of it. The headline is keeping Mickey Joseph a deal breaker for Nebraska's next coach. And when my 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 gut reaction to that is if keeping Mickey is a deal breaker, then you should just hire Mickey. Because for the record, Chattel is just posing the question like we all have, and he doesn't think Trev would demand whoever he tabs as an exit coach to hire Mickey. But I just think like sometimes you got to say this stuff out loud, like say it out loud, like maybe this analogy doesn't quite work, but like it's almost like saying, hey, 
I want to marry you, but only if my sister can be a bridesmaid. It's like you, in essence, you're elevating the lesser role or person in the situation above the more prominent one. Like if Mickey, like you oh, are, no, no, that can't be the deal breaker for the coach. Coming that, in. But that, I think that's kind of what we're getting at here is no, like, that, is that you can't do that. You that cannot, I completely agree with that. And that isn't no. like, this is not coming from someone that is, I, I would, oh, I, I hope Mickey's on staff. I thought you meant the other way. Like, is no. it a deal breaker for the coach coming in to like that? Mickey makes that like an untenable job or something like, no, because he's no. got too much. The sway. way I, the way I understand that is like, is like Trev going, hey, Matt Campbell, here's the contract. 7.7 mil a year, five-year deal. Only stipulation is you have to hire Mickey Joseph as your associate head coach. If you do not hire Mickey, sorry, nope. That's not, that that cannot be what this is. No, that's a bad, that means that you, you do not value the head coach the most. And it doesn't work. No, I mean, so because I hear people do that, but like you, any next coach that got to have Mickey, it's like, well, then if you really believe that, if you really like, again, some I'm big tr- coward says this all the time. So you can say it out loud, people say that out loud. It's crazy. If you really believe that, then you should just hire Mickey Joseph. Yeah. I mean, you should encourage the coach coming in 100%. But it makes no sense to has that have that be the deciding factor on who you hire. Doesn't make sense. It just, I don't know why I, I conjure up these like tough scenarios to navigate for Trev or the next head coach. Like what if you don't hire Mickey and he beats Iowa on black Friday and he, I mean, he would get, I mean, it, the place would go ballistic that, that you've hired, that you beat Iowa and you keep him on staff. I mean, Nick, it, I, it, 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 here's the heart. This is where I think Trev is in, is, uh, I think this is where I green tea is good. Green tea. Sorry, everyone. Hopefully this thing sorts itself out. Quickly. That's what I'm hoping to. And the beauty of it is this next week is a top 25 team. Big, big 10 West leader, uh, a, a coach that's given us problems historically. Yes. Mickey beats him. Let's say if Mickey beats Bielema in Illinois this week. When you're when you're writing down your resume, that right his resume went from not bad to looking really good totally going good. into November. Really good. That would be such a because that I would think put he him becomes at, the the Vegas odds on favorite. If, I, if, I think if if he, he wins, wins this weekend. I think I don't think he's a it guarantees him the job. But if you go to the Vegas sports book and their odds on the next head coach, it changes everything. He's got to be the. That's where I'm. I'm somewhat hypocritical because one of the other things I wrote down is to me the next game, really the next two games, shape everything. I think it's. I think the next two games decide it. Decide be, everything. I, I, I don't for know how Mickey. it doesn't. I don't know how it doesn't because they got to have a, a plan by mid November. You got right. Yes. You got to have the plan. So. Two more weeks, you, you and you're going to start in November. That's what, You can't let this go to – you can't be going into the – Trev can't go into the Iowa Black Friday game going, all right, is here's it Mickey? the thing. Is it not? I don't Mickey, know. Mickey wins this game. He's he's going to give him the job. If he doesn't win the game, then I think I'm going to try to call Matt Campbell back or I'm going to try to call Lance. No, Campbell. it's too late. It can't then. be that way. It's too late. It cannot be that That's why this situation is so – like, it's funny. I bet when Trev made the move, he was like, all right, 
It's like when you start your your studying for a test like two like two days before you're like I got so much fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh baby. <laughs> and then before you know it, you're like cramming because you procrastinate. Like, not that he's procrastinating, but like I think he felt like I felt like oh he's got a ton of time to let this thing go. And it's like there's I don't know when that deadline is of when he's probably got to make a decision. I think after the Minnesota game. <sighs> I don't know. For me, I just I, I have a I have a hunch it's gonna wave one way or the other, like two wins or two losses, and it will make it clear. I I if you're if you're I Trev, think I think you hope that's the case. If it's if he beats Illinois and then plays bad against Minnesota or loses Illinois and then plays great against Minnesota, then it we go right back to where we're at now. We're like, what's the like I know we want clarity and we need a performance that shows absolutely yes or like probably have to go a different direction. I know because it's weird again. Like, I don't know if I've seen that performance yet. Like Indiana. I mean, the, the defensive turnaround in the second half of the Indiana and Rutgers games have been impressive, but you know, you had the shaky decision to pull Casey at the goal line. That decision results in a sack fumble touchdown that yeah. maybe flips the game. Who knows? Rutgers, let's be honest, was a terrible football game, but you made plays late, something that the previous coach wasn't able to do. Um, and then, I mean, that Purdue game was a lot like games we've seen for four years. So I don't know if I've seen anything. Like I was driving, I was listening to Sports Talk Radio Today, I had to take Kobe to the vet. He's got like an ear infection. When you got an old man as a dog, I mean, it's just like shit pops up like that. But uh, I was listening to Sports Talk Radio, and it, and one of the hosts was like, you know, one thing you got you to gotta really respect is how fast the culture has been flipped with Mickey. And I'm just like, I'm not sure what that's based on. I, I think a lot of, I mean... I think we Mickey deserves some credit for what he's done in a short amount of time, and he's I think he's made some nice little changes. Sure. But like saying like the culture's flipped, what are we talking about? Like, what do you mean? What do they mean? Well, I, again, I think <laughs> I, I know because it goes back to the thing, and then we'll move off this. But like, it goes back to the thing that you and I have been in lockstep about. Everybody right now, people, we are such prisoners of the moment. Right now, everybody thinks the entire Scott Frost era was the Georgia Southern game. And it wasn't. No. It wasn't. No. So everybody's, everybody's taking like that. That was fucking, that's how it was for four years. No, it wasn't. No, none of us could see. Here's the problem. None of us could see. I mean, maybe there was people calling for Frost's job after year one. Majority of us, including myself, I couldn't see right. the, the flaws that if they were there to the degree they were there. Um, and it's only after like in hindsight that we're like going, well, maybe, th maybe this was a little worse than we thought we couldn't tell though. And so like, that's where, when you say the culture is flipped, it was like, we didn't know there was a culture problem. And I still don't think there was a quote unquote culture problem. I think it was maybe some details in being buttoned up with certain things. I, I, I don't think it's, culture and I, work ethic type of stuff. No, I just I just don't people have taken the North Dakota game and the Georgia Southern game and they've acted like that was the entirety of these four years, these four and a half no. years. So and it's not that's not how it's been at all. Other thing I was thinking about with Mickey real quick. It is it's amazing what getting it getting associated with a great player's rise can do for your profile as a coach. Bo Pelini comes in 
And there was this feeling like, man, look what he did with Indomitian Sue. And Sue and, Sue's, and Glenn Dorsey at LSU. And Glenn Dorsey, you were like, this yeah. guy, man. Because yeah. Sue, Sue was talented. I mean, you were with Sue for a little bit. Like, Sue was talented. I don't know if anybody saw the 2009 so season. He, he was a starter in 2007. Yep. And our defense, like, we were bad. Our defensive line was bad. He He's a great talent that wasn't good that year. He right. wasn't a good player that year. He was... I would raw say and raw, but just you know, just didn't know how to play the game right. Yet, right, you know. And his next year, he became a really good player. And then his senior just, year, he was excellent. He was a, he was a all time great. Yes, a true all time great. I, his I'm, senior year, I outside of maybe Chase Young, I don't know if I've seen a better individual defensive lineman season. I mean, it's Sue. It's probably Sue's been the best I've ever seen. Hutchinson and Chase Young are probably right. the next two. Chase Young then Hutchinson. Um, but other than that, so he's on the short list. But I bring that up to say, like, so there was this feeling a lot of people when you were excited about Bo, like we all were, like, man, look what he did with Sue. Like, just give this guy more time to develop these guys. Like, yeah. and and that's what kind of happens. I think a big feather in Mickey Joseph's cap is what Trey Palmer's doing. His arrival. And unbelievable start to this season. There's this feeling, not so much that he's coaching him up, but he went out and recruited and got a dude. And that is what Mickey's known for. Just like Bo is known yeah. for defense and development. So when you have something that fits what he's known for, it's like it's it lights it on fire. Yeah. Mickey's known for recruiting. He gets a former five-star to come to Lincoln. He's fucking killing it. So there's this feeling like, what if Mickey can get a couple more Trey Palmers? Well, Let I mean, Mickey come he just, here. He just got the kid from East uh, yeah, Malachi, Malachi Coleman to sign. And I mean, he's not like Trey Palmer five-star, but he's but a he, top hundred dude. He's a top hundred guy. He's an in-state guy that, I mean, I think for the most part, he's like coming here because of Mickey. Does he said it? He goes six, seven months ago. I was not coming here. Yeah. And so, I mean, that, that's the thing that Mickey Joseph, like, like I said, it, it's a, it's a, he's elite. He like, yeah. It's rare to be elite at anything. He's seemingly an elite recruiter. And you just can't say that about only you know, maybe a handful of people in the country. Right. And he's one of those people. And so you gotta you gotta respect somebody that's got an elite ability to anything in the world. And this guy, this guy can recruit. Yes. That's what he can do, like almost nobody else. So um that that's where he can hang his hat right now. And in this day and age. Uh, in the coaching market, that's a valuable asset when you're when you're pitching yourself. Totally. Okay, so I think that's really helping him too. All right. When we, Nebraska's schedule for next year got announced, I'm going to get into I that. Still but don't know what you it don't. Is. Bo, I can't. I have you it. don't know. So this I is don't be good. know. This is great. This, this is, is good. Fun. Real quick, I talk about Go Currency. Does your business need easy, competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact, customers can get it. 
loans up to $500,000 with little or no money down and terms for up to 72 months. Currency can also help if you're serious about buying a newer used motorhome, fifth wheel or utility vehicle. Just fill out an application. The Currency Finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's it's quick, secure and free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, DBA, currency pursuant to CFL license 60DBO-54873. All right, my friend. The Big Ten announced today the schedules for next year. Before we get into it, real quick, keeping the divisions for one more year, the East, their, their divisions for one more year, then UCLA and USC get in, and I'm not sure what they're going to do, but they're keeping the divisions for they one year. They haven't decided that part yet. I don't think they've decided that part yet. <sighs> Next season, Nebraska opens on Thursday night on the road at Minnesota. We just get screwed. <laughs> Is that for real? Oh, but hold on, hold on, because we'll uh, we'll rant together after this. Then they so they they play on that Thursday. Then they on August thirty first. Then they play September 9th. So their second game is on the road at Colorado. Oh. So whoever this new head coach is, whether it's Mickey or Lance Leipold or Dave Aranda or, or Matt Campbell, they are going to start their coaching tenure at Nebraska with back-to-back road games, one of which is at Minnesota. Now, the good news is that Colorado's a dumpster fire. They fired their coach already in the middle of the season. They're one and five or one and six. They're terrible, but that's still a power conference team that you got to go on the road to. That's not an easy place to play. No. Okay. Yes, Bo. Nick, to answer your uh, question. Okay. Do we have any say? Is there, <laughs> do we ever have a say? Because when it's you're building a program, you need to go. Get with McGee State. You need yes. to go get like you know Rose Beef State and with McGee State. Why can't Nebraska? The first three games need to be BS. Let's get some wins. Let's build some confidence. We haven't been able to build confidence and win games for so long. And it seems like especially ever since the COVID year, we're like, let's start with them. Ohio State. Yes. Screw you. And and well, that even, was I mean, ah, oh, dude. Ah. Oh. No, you want to talk about you know, there's this whole idea that we've talked about that Nebraska's cursed. It's the curse of Frank Solich or whatever. Wow. You you want to talk about a curse. Nebraska is is scheduling God's cursed. Yeah, we don't we just have had a bad we just I mean it's well like, the uh, big ten. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. Even Dirk Dirk tweeted this. He goes, Iowa's ability to avoid Ohio State in Big Ten scheduling is pretty amazing. They've only played Three times since 2010, Iowa won't get the Buckeyes next year either. Wisconsin and Nebraska, by contrast, face Ohio State seven times in that span. So, like, how is that? I mean, again, you can commit, oh, Nebraska, Nebraska media of complaining. Like, just, just fair. Like, how is it fair that Iowa, Nebraska has played Ohio State twice as many times as Iowa has? I have a hunch that it's, one, they're not doing us favors. Like they don't, they don't care about us winning. But I also think 
they do see the more games Nebraska gets against good teams, like we ratings. bring ratings. Yes. Like I really think that they're willing to sacrifice our ability to win for ratings, which, you know, I mean, I, I, I can understand that to a degree. But right. It's a business. I, I've but- seen, I, I read some article, I think just even after the Northwestern game where like our, the TV ratings with us versus Northwestern. Yeah. Compared to like Georgia Tech, Boston College a few years ago, it wasn't even. It was like a ten times oh, like rating bump in terms of viewers, just because Nebraska brings like they bring, bring eyeballs. Yes, yeah, and, and so, so I think there's maybe some of that. But I think they say, okay, we got Ohio State instead of them playing Iowa or India. Like you bring Nebraska, that's a couple more million views. Right. It, it it is it is a strategy to have Nebraska play more good teams, and right now let them suffer trying to win when they're in a down cycle versus like, let's let them have the roast beef States and the Iowa's, the Illinois, the Indiana's, the Maryland's, the the Rutgers and let them start building some confidence. Like they're not concerned with our confidence and maybe they shouldn't be, but no. And I, and I get that. That's us. That's us. But but there's no doubt that it is frustrating that in a year with a new coach, if there ever is a year that you wanted to start, against two with McGee state and lucky charms tech. And you wanted to have both those games be at home. You needed that to be the case this year. It's just amazing yeah. how for a stretch of, is it now outside of 2019 South Alabama, Nebraska started every season playing against a power conference team for this will be the, the five out of the six years. Yeah, yeah, Cause Colorado, then South Alabama, then Ohio State because of COVID, then Illinois, then Northwestern, and now Minnesota. Yeah. And so it's just, I mean, when I saw it, it's it, like, oh. It matters less when you're established. Right. When you are trying to build something and you are dying for easy wins and you're trying to build confidence, it's just unfortunate. Yes. It's just, it's it's frustrating. So that So that's the big takeaway with it. Back-to-back road games to start. Then Nebraska's at home against Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. Their crossover games, of course, are difficult. No Ohio State, but difficult. <laughs> play Michigan in Lincoln on September 30th. Then they take on Illinois at Illinois. Then they have a bye week, October 14th, in Northwestern at home, Purdue at home. And they're at Michigan State for another crossover game. And they got Maryland at home for another crossover game. And they wrap up the season, Wisconsin on the road, and then Iowa at home on Black Friday. So the crossovers are Michigan, Maryland, and Michigan State. Certainly, I mean... Not the easy. I mean, Maryland... Maryland's, when you're talking... Like, I always categorize them. To me, there's like... In the other division, there's there's Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. And there's kind of Michigan State looming there. Then there's a separator, and then it's like that's where Anna Maryland Rutger are. Yeah. And to me, there's no doubt that Maryland is the best yeah, of with, that with trio. Tua, with Tua Yeah, Tonga Viola's little brother. That's that's the one. <sighs> but it's just finishing it, it, Wisconsin, Iowa. That's gonna become the sort of the staple, I think, is yes. the way they want that. So okay, that's fun. We like to finish with Wisconsin, with Iowa. That's fine. Um yeah, that's that's unfortunate. They're putting these Big Ten games to start the year out. It's just it's just for it's just it's it's a rough for a for whoever the new coach is. It is a that's a rough 
first yeah, I'd rather see two that. weeks. I'd rather see that La Tech yeah, there yeah. and then. Right. Okay, Colorado second, fine. But just give us, I mean, actually give us Colorado third. North, like, let us control that. Come on. Frustrating, right? Frustrating. Very much. Oh, all right. Um, okay, so Illinois this weekend. By the way, real quick, uh, Henrich out for the year, knee. It's like the, there's something, there's, Turf Monster has gotten a lot of knees for Husker. They got Demorne Pearson L's knee a couple of years ago. There's been a lot of people like ripped their knee at Purdue, which is odd. But I think it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, he's one of the leaders. He's one of the guys that's that sets the defense. You know, really, he's vocal. He, you know, he's a team guy. So that that's a big loss. And you know, Magua Clemens, uh, Sova, and Ernest are going to have to fill and. Yeah, Kovalaric. Yeah, I call him Kovalaric, as you know. I get all my names. <laughs> on. That's been my new thing. Who else? No, who I was my you, guy. Who else? Is who? Oh, who is your the lineman? I've been calling the lineman the wrong names, right? <laughs> well, the guy from the back of the day, you call it Matt Farniak. You call him Farinok. Farinok. Yeah, Farinok. <laughs> well, then Yant. 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 You struggle with. And my wife kills me. I say every. I say so many things wrong. I'm one of those people that like every other word's like. That's not that. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think it's that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's it at all. Uh, but no, I mean, I remember talking to. Uh, remember you? You hosted our little uh, baby shower in your driveway in May, and your brother was there. I'm gonna ask him about Henrich. Your brother just lit up. Yeah, just your brother loves Nick Henrich. Yeah, great kid, football guy. Yes. That's- so it's it hurts, but yeah. figured I wanted to mention that. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. You know, there are a lot of ways to to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello. What's up? Another way is, what's popping? Well, here's the thing. That greeting has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping is now Runza's new popcorn chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's new popcorn chicken is amazing. Little bite-sized, delicious, all-white meat chicken that make any day better immediately i love them my wife loves them my kids cannot get enough two-year-old mac six-year-old mava are constantly wanting to get it popping great for a snack great for a meal pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet earth and you are set all i gotta say is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza makes it all better. But, okay, here's this game, man. Parmi wants to pick Nebraska. Let's let's go through some things, though. Illinois is favored by seven and a half. Good. Illinois is six and one on the season. They somehow threw up on themselves and lost to Indiana. Don't know how that happened. I almost need to go back and like watch that game. I don't know how they lost Indiana. Their defensive stats are impressive. Number one in total defense. Number one in the country in scoring defense. Number two in the country in rush defense. Number two in the country in passing yards allowed. They're tied for fifth in turnovers gained. They're 11th in the country in sacks. I could go on and on, but quite frankly, I was like, I, I was, I get it. They are the number one. Who's their D coordinator? I don't know, but he's good. I need to get, we need to find out who that is because that that's a huge change. 
Um, it's impressive, man. And you watch you watch them play defensively. They are pretty good They're And then on the other side, Chase Brown, their running back, yeah. he leads the country in rushing yards. Yeah. So they got a lot. They're not just like a I guess they have the stats to back up their top 25 ranking, you know? Yep. Yep. OK, they, let's here we go. Uh, Ryan Walters is their defensive coordinator. Was he in um, Arkansas with him? Played at Colorado from 2004 to 2008. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, I, I faced him every year. Okay. Oh, okay. Steph, what was he? He didn't want to with you. Safety? He don't. You, he needs to see you before the game, and he'll he'll think twice about. Don't mess with. Don't the mess with the rude dog. Now they beat. We beat them. Got the game ball against him right there. That's right. We beat him that year. That Restore was, the order. That was 2000. We beat him 0506. Oh, three of four. I think we beat him yeah. and we I lost think, 07. I think we we won four of the five, I believe. Against. But how about those defensive stats? <sighs> Dude. It, it, impressive. And they, they got to run. So they, they, they're they pretty straightforward. And that's yeah. kind of how Bielema has always been. They, they're going to they're really physical. They're going to try and run it down your throat. They're defensively. They're going to get after you. And it's amazing what they've done this year. And yeah. Their quarterback isn't great. Tommy DeVito, not Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Would there be a worse quarterback than Danny DeVito? I mean, think about having, having to see over the line. Like he couldn't see over the line of scrimmage. <laughs> if Casey Thompson has a hard time seeing over the, seeing over the line, Danny DeVito. Remember, I mean, just brings him like a cigar. Like, hey, I can't see me. I mean, so uh, I guess for me, the reason Illinois, there's something to when a program is not accustomed to being in a situation, that's it. Illinois football is not accustomed to this situation, especially of late top 25. They're six and one. They're coming off a bye week which while that is probably good for them in the sense that they maybe could heal up or watch some more tape, it's also an opportunity to smell the roses a little bit and maybe drink your own Kool-Aid, read your own press clippings, all that shit. There, there is the pressure is all on Illinois. Yeah. They're going to be able to come here with the target on their back. And when you combine that with, I think the crowd is going to be rocking. Yeah. And while Nebraska is wildly flawed, they are dangerous because they have Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer. They're like that. You ever watch a fight? It was like watching. Sometimes I always feel like this with Chuck Liddell. Like Chuck Liddell struck me as like not the most like technically sound fighter. Motherfucker had bricks for hands. His and hands. It, I mean, are I mean, his hands. <laughs> they were sledgehammers. He had two sledgehammers, and, and was, if you, and he had him, his head was about just like a chin that was unknockoutable. He just, I mean, you just he could just clock you. Nebraska's almost like that heavyweight fighter. Yeah. That even if you're kicking their ass, which Purdue was, all it takes is a few bombs and you're in trouble. Yeah. That's what this is. To me, Illinois is the better fighter. They're like Floyd Mayweather or whoever. Like yeah. they, they are the more they are the better football team. Period. But Nebraska's dangerous because they got Trey Palmer and Casey Thompson, and all it takes is a couple of bombs and it's game on. Yeah. And when that, and all of a sudden, you know, 
when you're on the road and all of a sudden Danny DeVito's at quarterback and he hasn't been in this situation. I can't see. <laughs> ah! Who's 14? Who is Where that? Where are they? Where's Kalarik? Yeah. Where's Kovalarik? Yeah. Is his name Kovalarik? Fernok? Fernok. <laughs> but all of a sudden, Danny DeVito gets a little nervous. Crowd gets rocking. Let's be real. This isn't Alabama. This is still Illinois. Like, yes. To me, I said this, I think, our last pod. Like To me, they're ripe to be beat. If Nebraska can find any sort of consistency and just solid play with with Palmer and with Grant and with Casey Thompson, all they got to be is just solid everywhere else. They don't have to be great anywhere. Just be solid. Don't be terrible. Tackle. Like, keep things in front of you and let those guys do their thing. I mean, really, that's all you got to do. Maybe we could run the ball a little bit. Maybe we could stop the run a little bit and then let those guys play. Our crowd, I think, will take care of it from there. I think Illinois is clearly a good team right now. They're playing well. Their talent gap isn't extreme right. compared it's, to us. It's not even – it's probably very comparable. I think they got a really good running back. This guy is one of those guys. They can give him the ball 30, 40 times a game. He's a brick house. He's going to be hard to tackle. Yes. We better buckle up and, you know. For sure. Take our vitamins that week or what, you know, whatever it you is. Eat your, eat your Wheaties, have your spinach. Yeah, be ready. But um, yeah, I, I don't think this is a team no, that's this is going to be a impossible. Like, this is a very winnable game if we're willing to just be solid. That, this isn't when you're going to Michigan in a couple of weeks where it's just like they have, you just go outside of Trey Palmer. Nebraska doesn't have one guy that would start for Michigan off the top of my head. For Illinois, it's like well, I bet, I bet, it's, I bet there's a couple that could probably slide over and and get on the field a little bit. Like it's it's not it's not like even Oklahoma, like they just had better athletes on the field, yeah. right? I know they've struggled, but just raw, like yeah, you running, physical, all that yeah. stuff. Illinois is not quite like that. No. Now there also is an element of the fact. I mean, again. Illinois is better than Nebraska is. And what's hard is Nebraska is, like I said, they're wildly flawed. I actually don't, the contrary to going two and two in this stretch, like I didn't think they played well at Purdue at all. No. They didn't play well at Rutgers at all. And outside of a, you know, a, a pretty good fourth quarter, they didn't really play great against Indiana. So it's, it's tough where it's, it's, when I look at Illinois, it's like when I look at Illinois individually, I'm like, oh, this feels like they're like they're right for the pick, and this feels like a perfect upset situation. You look at Nebraska, you're like, but is Nebraska can Nebraska do it? Is Nebraska functionable enough to be able to do it? They haven't shown me that they are yet. Um, I think a buy helps them more than it helps Illinois. Though. I totally agree. A buy helps Nebraska more than Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. You know, they get fresh. That's probably helpful. They probably wanted to keep play, keep that momentum going. Got, keep her, yeah, I mean, for them, it's almost like they could get, like, out of rhythm where we're just trying to find rhythm and stability and consistency. And health. you got to get right yeah. healthy. you got to get, it, like... A bye came for us. Like, we needed it in the worst way. So, like, we got the, the coaches more time to scheme and, to, you know, like, you know, patching together a defense isn't, like, the the most sound way to call a defensive game. I mean, they're like putting it together. Sure. Like it's 
usually you need a whole off season, a system that's yours. Like, I mean, this is, this is a little bit more of a hodgepodge. It's been okay. Uh, it's been good at times, but not, not like we haven't put a full game together yet. They're going to have to put together a full game right. against the run against Illinois because Illinois is going to run the ball and then do simple things in the passing game, play action, simple things. They're going to try to hold on to the ball all game long. I mean, it's going to be – it's classic, the stuff that drives Big us Ten crazy. West football. It's Big yeah, Ten yeah, West. Yeah, like, this is it. This is what they're going to do. We know what they're going to do. Can we stop them from doing the thing that they want to do? Let's make them pass it and speed them up. Right. But let's not let them run it on us and hold it all day long. It, because what's it's it's tough. This is going to be the best defense Nebraska's seen so far this season. I mean, this is a real defense. I mean, you you at this point, you know, you can have statistical anomalies two or three weeks into the season. It's almost Halloween. Like they're they're not a fluke defensively. They're they're real. I'll be curious what Illinois does with Trey Palmer. The, you, the 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 talk is, and this is what I would su- suspect is like, you know, it's like we think they're going to bracket him, which means like somebody over the top on the yeah. over the either over the top all the time, or you kind of have like two on him in and out, like it's right. You you basically have two sets of eyes on him all the time, which is smart. I would do that. Now somebody else has to be able to beat him then. So like right. that means somebody should be open. Our boy Volkolek, right? Uh, or or Marcus Washington or whoever, like Oliver Martin's. Uh, he, we're, right. we're, we're pulling the milk carton off the shelf. <laughs> Chimney Rock. He's back Here from Chimney come. Rock and he's ready to go. He needs to make plays. Yes, Anthony Grant. You better be able to run the like if they're going to bracket Trey Palmer, Anthony Grant. Like, give that dude thirty carries, right? Like, give right. him the ball. Let's see what he can do. Um, especially starting out. Like, I think you know maybe the first you know 15 plays like let's decoy palmer let's look like let's just make it look like it's we're going deep and it's handed off screens things to other people just little things that like double tray go for it until we're going to make you pay and then as soon as you let off then you bet then you hit him with the bomb gotta go go. (laughs) but joe i'm curious and i think Whipple's probably really good at this like you know he had the Belichnikov winner last year the dude that went to usc you're you get you know how to utilize them to open other things up i have to imagine as like you've just laid out illinois looking at this thing and goes double team palmer they can't beat you it's like well i mean marcus washington is not a bum oliver martin's not a bum vocalex not a bum vocalex a guy right he's an nfl body right that's an nfl body and you're gonna just let not guard him or you're gonna so i'm just guard him with a linebacker like you can't do I'm that. I'm curious how they scheme, how Whipple schemes them up for overcompensating for Palmer. And then, even with that said, you can't, you also can't like just use Palmer as a decoy the whole game. You know, I'll be curious to how here, Whipple utilizes Palmer to I'll get give, him loose. Here's too. what I'll give Whip. Um, I, I've, you know, watched a lot of different coaches and coordinators over the years. Whipple's one of the best I've seen at like, Here's our guy that I want the ball to. And he gets that guy the ball. Yes. Like Trey Palmer gets the ball thrown to him a lot. Totally agree. And, and that's isn't all that amazing. These, these plays are all designed for a person a little bit more than I think Frost was very concept. Like, yeah. here's the concept. I want to get one guy up and here's the right read. It puts a lot of stress on the quarterback. Right. The quarterback has to make the right decisions. I think Whipples is a little bit more 
player centric. Let's get this guy the ball here. And it's designed like that. A little less conceptual. Right. Make the right choice and a little bit more. Here's where we're going. And I, that's a great point. And I think it's true. It's, it's one of my favorite things about whip is like, he, he is just, he understands that it's stupid to not try to get the ball to Trey Palmer or target him he, 10 he, to 15 times he a game. He did the same thing at, at Pitt, though. He had... With Addison. Jordan yeah, Addison's name. Addison yeah. and then yeah. the... What's his name? Kenny... Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. So Pickett, that... Like... Yeah. yeah. And and that's kind of... That's a skill, though, to just not be like, well, you know, decoy... Decoy once, but then like right. now here's a there, there has to be play. a balance. Because yeah. I'm with you, like there needs to be a balance of that of like get our best player the ball, get get your best player the ball. Also make them pay for double teaming or bracket coverage yeah. or whatever it is on a guy. But I'll be, I'm really excited to see Whipple with two weeks when you got a bazooka like Palmer that opens things up. Like I think one of the first things I always look at with a basketball team, if I'm scouting a basketball team and the school of thought could be true for football is like, what is it that this team does that you have to respect? Like we have to honor that. We have to have a plan for that. Obviously for Nebraska, it begins and ends with Trey Palmer. Yeah. And then you co- then you can build off of that. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm excited to see what whip can cook up for this. I would say this. Here's here's my prediction. If Anthony Grant has a bad game, we're in trouble. Right. Because I think punches, they're going to take away Trey for the most part. I mean, Trey's a good – they're going to double Trey. I don't think he's – Randy Mott and beat double teams like – like, I think he's a guy that we need Anthony Grant Punish them for double teaming Trey to open up Trey. Right. So then he can have his chance for the, the splash play, right? So if we can't get the ball going with Anthony Grant or Vokalek, I think it's going to be a long game for us. This is a good defense. So my my prediction is if you look at Anthony Grant's performance, that's going to tell you what's going to happen this game. More than Trey Palmer, Nick. More than I, I, I've been with circle you. Yeah. Anthony Grant. Right. Right. I like that. This Are is you, the cat and mouse. This I know. Is it. This is it. It defies logic because what's hard is I do not think Nebraska is very good. I really don't think they're very good. I don't think they've played well. No. Uh, if you really like Husker fans, you know, Husker Kool-Aid 95, 97 on Twitter, whatever you're like, just for one second, remove emotion from it. They've not played well. So it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I kind of feel like Nebraska can win this game. I, just I think, think I, I think Illinois is ripe for ripe to be beat. Can Nebraska play a good game? Don't know, but I think Illinois is not. Uh, I don't know. I, I, they're not invincible at all. They are. They are. Uh, they're still Illinois. Who we? Sh- I mean, last year we peed down our leg to lose to them, right? right. Like so. I just don't know what Nebraska team is going to show up. Sometimes we have a, a half where we look good. Sometimes I, we have a, a quarter we look so bad that you go, uh, what is this? But they, they've they got I, it in them to win it if they can find it. I'm going to pick them to win. Uh, I think it'd be like 21-20, 20, 24-21. I don't think yeah. it's going to be a high-scoring game. But even even picking them to win... If we also turn on 
the mics on Sunday and Nebraska got rolled, that wouldn't surprise me either. Like, I think they're capable of winning. I also think that there's a, there's a way this game full unfolds where it's 31 to six. The, the, so, so I can, I'm okay. Let's go to let's Let's have some bad thoughts here. The bad thoughts are things go badly. If we don't sell out all day long to take away the run and stop Chase Brown. It has to start there. You have to say, just like with Trey Palmer, right. that guy's not beating us. We have to have always one extra guy in the box flying at at, at this. Uh, sorry, Chase Brown. Chase Brown. Not yeah. Chase Young. I said Chase Young. No, Chase, Chase Brown. Brown. Yeah. And you have to stop him, make the receivers, make the tight ends, make the quarterback play out of their mind to beat you. Uh, but that guy can't beat us. If that guy gets going, He'll run all over our DBs. Yes. They'll get it's, tired. They'll hold on the ball. They'll hold on to it. The game will get worse. Like it's it's an really easy the rushing process. the rushing the run game is going to tell the tale on both sides. Like because I'm with you. Like if Anthony Grant doesn't get it going at all, and 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 Chase Brown has a huge game and runs the ball well, I mean Nebraska is going to get their shit kicked in. Yeah, it's like for them, it's can they run the ball against us? Only trying to stop that, and with us, it's like will we run the ball? I just uh, with Trey Palmer being doubled. I just think you got a pro not accustomed to being in this situation. They've had a week off right. to drink their own Kool-Aid. Meanwhile, Nebraska, I think, needed a week off, get healthy. You give whip time to scheme. You got the so road Il- environment. Illinois rolling. guys, they went out to the bars. Let's just think. You, and this they is went out and weekend. everybody's patting them on the bet back. They were out late because you know what? That's what you do. When you're riding college, high and you're in top yes. 25, you, you get a lot more drinks bought for you. Oh, you yeah. Get, Hey, yeah. start looking better, the girls. Right. Maybe they said, let's uh let's party tonight. Yes. yes. And you stayed up a couple nights and then you, you spent all weekend th- telling your boys about what like that's what we're hoping happened this uh-huh. weekend. And I hope the Nebraska guys were like, we're lifting Locked in. we're lifting weights and icing and ice rehabbing bath. and studying. So it's funny, we're like roles reverse. Usually I'm picking Nebraska. You're a little more dragging your feet with it. For some reason, I I it just feels I, I need you. I need you to be there this week. I, I, it just feels like a game that, like, you, I just feel, I feel like Illinois is right for the picking. They are. I just don't know if Nebraska can do it, but I'm gonna pick them too. I'm gonna pick them to do it. I like that. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. By Pella, won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. All right, hour 10 minutes. Do you want to talk about, did you have any thought as we say goodbye? Did you have any, told you to watch the Redeem Team yes. documentary? Yes. Uh, for the, the two, for people to know, it's on Netflix. Two thousand eight, yeah. Team USA. LeBron, D Wade, Mello, Kobe Bryant, Coach K. Off of the two thousand four Olympic yeah. debacle, where a Team USA 
got embarrassed and didn't win the gold in Athens. And now 2008 comes. There's an amazing, I, I vividly remember that time. What was your big take? If people should, well, I thought it was a very, I thought it was a good documentary. The, the story's a lot of it's Kobe, right? Yes. A lot of it's Kobe and. Um, it definitely felt like a, almost like a Kobe Bryant hype. Well, I think because, you know, doc, the, 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 the I think LeBron and Wade, and those guys are producers. Yes. So um, I think it's hard for them to not make it about Kobe because, because of the tragedy and the yeah. tragedy, like, it just feels like he's still like the 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 thing on everybody's mind still. Yes, from that. So, but it was it was a lot of us Kobe, and I was just amazed at like the effect Kobe had on everybody. Um, Kobe's was head and shoulders the biggest star in the world when he went to China. Right. So they're in Beijing for the Olympics, and they're not talking about LeBron Wade. Everybody in China is chanting Kobe. Like it is not even <laughs> close. Right. And it's, I think that's very telling when you have LeBron, Melo, Wade, Jason, Kidd, like you have stars and it's not even close, especially with LeBron, especially with LeBron yes. on the team. Right. So uh, I was really, um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, Coach K, just yeah. wow, how good he is, how perfect of a, of a role. Uh, he played in all that. He was the right guy at the right time right? Uh, to put that thing together. Yeah, I do think while we sit here, I mean, every documentary is going to have some sort of slant to a certain extent. And I do think the slant was Kobe's tilted. But at the same time, like there there was this feeling in watching the documentary, and maybe this is the slant, that like, I don't know if they would have won if Kobe doesn't join. Because Kobe, Kobe initially wasn't on the team and then no. joined them, the, I think it was the summer before. So in the summer of 2007, he joined the team and you listen to coach K even in the moment they're talking about coach, like Kobe's yeah. first practice. And he goes, we haven't had a practice like this. He came in there. Defend, he defended he's locking these dudes up and he's diving on the floor. I mean, it right. was an impressive, like that's, that was the other bit. I was like, God, it's so cool. It was so right. cool to see that. And then the great, the best anecdote was the story they told in Vegas when all those guys, Bosch, Boozer, uh, Mello, Wade, CP, Chris Paul, yeah. D Wade, like they're all going out and clubbing in Vegas as they're, you know, in training camp. And they're coming back from the club at like five in the morning. And Kobe Bryant is going to the gym. Yeah. And they're like, what? You know, it's a great, it's a great anecdote. And what's cool about it is, as that week, by the end of the week, they all were not going out. They were waking up at five. They were lifting with Kobe. They were going to breakfast with Kobe. They were like, I guess the other thing with this was this was the moment I think that the narrative of the narrative around Kobe Bryant started to change. Yeah. I really think I think it might have there might have been some writer that said as much on the documentary, but I, I feel like you can there is a pivot point in the Kobe Bryant career arc to this moment. Where everything started to change for him to the good. They just lost the finals against Boston. So he was still like, it was selfish Kobe. It was like the whole Colorado instant Kobe, yep. selfish Kobe. Ranshack off. Ranshack Kobe. Selfish. They lose cares in about the scoring. finals. But then, the, so they do that. Then they win two years in a row. But it, it's funny. It's, it's, I think that changed the narrative of Kobe. I wonder how much the like, if you watch it, you you watch all the little moments they played. It was very clear, like LeBron and him were kind of the alpha dogs, right? And they're talking about that. 
but LeBron is a friendly camaraderie guy. Right. He was able to sort of break the like, I'm not trying to be Mr. Tough Guy with you, Kobe. I want you to be a, f- I want to be friendly. I want to be like, I think that brought Kobe in. And I think Kobe maybe like, I don't know if he was ever the same maybe after that. Yeah, you always seem more of a team. You heard less about Kobe being a problem maybe going forward as a teammate. But maybe he's also, he was older and he was like deferred to more where Shaq was, you know. Yeah. They had more, it was more veterans versus when he was younger. But I do think something about that, like Kobe forever was like lightened up as a teammate maybe or something. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Like you wonder if in a weird way, LeBron had a bigger influence on Kobe, like softened Kobe up a little bit, like in a good way, because they talked about when he arrived, they talked about when he arrived, like Kobe had no friends in the league. Kobe was very standoffish. Kobe didn't have a friend. He he was this psycho. He was a, I was like, Kobe was like a serial killer, maniacal basketball player. Yeah. Like that's what he, that's, and, but LeBron, and I bet I bet Kobe I think, had his guard up like I'm gonna fuck, I'm gonna take it at that's this guy. It, though. And then LeBron that. came in and disarmed all of that. Yes. But but I also thought, and I remember talking about this when Kobe died. Me and you did an emergency podcast that night. Like this this is one of my that that gold medal game against Spain is one of my favorite Kobe moments because if you watch that game, now D Wade was amazing in that game yeah. and he was their leading scorer in that game. But when you watch, if you watch that game and you watch how it unfold and they talked about it, like when, when shit got real, yeah, yeah. when it was okay, it's gold medal time on a floor full of really good players with a lot of alphas. Kobe was the biggest alpha. Yeah. And I thought that was cool to relive. Uh, you brought up Coach K, like uh, the perfect guy to lead that group. You could tell they all really respected him. He t- struck all the right notes with those guys. And I don't know. I walked away like I've never even been a big mellow guy. I found mellow likable I- in I the doc. Mellow in person is, I think, a great guy. I think he struggles like his on the court his on the court uh, style is very non teammate, right? Right. But I think he might be a good guy. He seemed like court. a great, like he he came across well. Yeah. But no, it was cool. And and if there is anything that I am America elite, like I am, I am a like when it comes to our basketball team, the USA basketball team, like I am, Mr. I am Mr. Swag excellence. You're wearing red, white, and blue underwear. Like, like, and, and that's where I vividly remember. I don't know if you were, I remember being, I was at Kate. I was in Kansas at the time when Carlos Arroyo and the Puerto Rican national team gave it to the 2004 team. We were all, so we were all like watching it as a team at, at KU and we were all, it was astonishing. Yeah. Because there was this America elitism X, like look down their nose at the world with basketball, Yeah, but it goes, it's like the world had kind of caught up. I mean, you look at now like Giannis, Jokic, Luca, like then at the time you had Manu, you had uh Pau Gasol, you had and a they, lot. They all knew how to play together. And yes. you could tell like with the slight rule changes in the, like the cohesiveness those guys had and how they knew how to play. Like 
they were just like kind of giving it to the U.S. Like USA, yes. it's weird. It's weird watching like seemingly better athletes just kind of getting worked. That's what's interesting about like you rewatching re- or watching that doc. Like you do kind of realize like they were closer to losing than you think they were. So it's Spain was hot. I mean, like I said, Kobe came like Kobe and Wade Went saved off. the day. But a lot of those great players, like Spain, was kind of making them look. Just Rudy Fernandez, like Ricky Rubio, Pau and Mark Gasol. Yeah. Like the, those guys were good. They played a great game, too. They that played, was a great basketball Rudy game. Rudy Fernandez was oh, out of his mind. Amazing. But really recommend. I, it just was, for me, I mean, you know how I feel about Kobe has like a special, shouts out to the guy right here, there's a painting of him, but like he holds a special yeah. place in my heart. It was great to like, my prevailing thing is when I was, I was like, God, I miss that guy. I know. It, it's too bad. The other thing I actually really enjoyed um, is they talked about the O four, and then you know they're stuck on this like cruise ship, and they were yeah. really, like isolated. Oh, yeah. And in the two thousand eight, they got to be like amongst it. They got to be in the like Olympic Village, right? Eat eat with everybody with all the other Olympians, and they would like go cheer it, on. Yes, like the girls volleyball or like Michael. They kept going to Michael Phelps, and they were into it. Like the players were cheering for America, and they really like they went all in on the like the whole experience like coach k would bring in like military veterans like guys the one dude like got his eyes blown out right and like you know yeah and, and like wade's in there like talking to him through how practice. cool is that like and like all the things that like are such a good experience in life to be to, to get the perspective like what does this all mean what does it mean to be american what does it mean to like all those things that got to i'm glad you brought that up i agree and that's the stuff that coach k was really good at, you know, even the Doug Collins thing and the 72 Olympics and all that stuff and how much that like you, I think uh, sports, a big part of a team is like you is trying to give yourself to something bigger than you. That's it. And so on a, on the biggest scale of them all, there's nothing bigger than giving yourself to the United States of America. And that's what I think, like you could tell those guys truthfully felt like a patriotic duty to represent their country and win a gold medal. Like that wasn't like, you know, you I, there's some people that say that and you, it's like, it's some, it's like a little talk. Like and those probably, guys felt the, it probably starts as just like, really? And, I, but like, that's where coach K that's where those guys deciding like they, to like, we're, let's do this. Let's go in. Cause you have to make the decision. Right. right? And so K helps coach K helps facilitate that. They actually buy in. And you, like you said, it's something bigger than yourself. So they are, they are doing things for Doug Collins. It's like they yes. make like they are going to the the Michael Phelps. They're, like they are supporting others. Where I think athletes are very guilty of like it's about me. I totally agree. It's just part Isn't of it funny. Like that, the that's guys that make it. They that's how they get there. Is it's about them. So it's very difficult for for those kind of people then to go. And now it's not. Yeah, you're right. I think I think you're getting to the heart of what I've always enjoyed about. We have our the dream team poster behind you. Like something that's really cool about the dream team, the team, any team USA team is like basketball. The NBA is a very star driven, individualized sport, and it's gotten even more so. What's cool is to watch those guys kind of let go of all that. And they are all just like they're all in it for each other. They're all in it for the betterment of the team, but you're right. It is cool. Like the footage of like those guys at a track event 
cheering, cheer, like cheering, hit Wade and LeBron, like cheering yeah. hard for Michael Phelps. I think like, that, I think it's that's where like LeBron, LeBron, Wade, CP, like those guys are. They have a confidence in the camaraderie that some guys just don't have. Like they right. can be like, I don't know. It's something about their personalities that they can be friends. They can actually be friends and actually bond and they got a chance. to. So like that's infectious. I think that's a theme that probably ran through that team. That was as important as anything. They, those guys led the charge of like, we can actually be friends. We right. can actually have fun here. Spend time together, and it, this could be great. It, I, I love, it was a great documentary. It was fun. It was fun to relive. I remember being into it at the time, really into it at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, I thought the game was, I don't know what the time change would be. I thought the game was either in the middle of the, either early in the morning. I just remember I woke, I set my alarm to yeah. like wake up to watch the gold medal game, and it was a hell of a game. Oh, so yeah. that, was a, that was one for the ages. That was, that was a fantastic game. All right. Well, that'll do it. We're almost, I mean, 90 minutes in. We drank some tea. We talked about Manny's and Petty's. Bunch of badass. We a bunch of football talk. We wrapped it up with some redeemed team stuff. All right, I got Nebraska winning. I think you're leaning that way, too. It's hard to It's it's hard to, to pull the trigger. Nebraska to take week, Nebraska? Though. Come on. All right. You're taking Nebraska. Yeah. Let's go drink our tea and set up our pedicures, okay? Tea time! Tea time!